Good evening and welcome to the Natural Co-Creators show with Jennifer Lynch. And today I have with me Christina Amalong about her book, Thresholds. Christina, hello Christina, you're with us already. Yes, I am. Hello, Jennifer. I'm so hello, happy just, to be here. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm just going to introduce you. So I'm interviewing the amazing Christina Amalong, creator of the Optimal Health Network and 7 Billion. She provides effective lifestyle tools to assist people to create individually eyes, oh goodness, that's the wrong word, and depth-driven health programs. Christina is an IACT certified colon hydrotherapist, author of step-by-step alternative health books, entitled 10 days to optimal health okay so i could go on but we will actually be much better to hear it from you so good afternoon christina are you well good afternoon i am wonderful we just had a contemplative writing class and it was such a beautiful experience i feel great okay that's wonderful so First of all, I'd love you to talk a bit about how you got into the optimal health um, and what are the benefits of it and what you've discovered. And then later on, we'll talk about the book, if that's okay. That's wonderful. Jennifer, can you remind me, does the show go on for an hour? Yeah, the show goes on for an hour. So we've got, yeah. We've got time. Great. So, um, So I live in Madison, Wisconsin in the United States, and um, starting in my um, 20s, I started to be chronically ill, having a lot of um, gut pain, and I was chemically sensitive, and basically I was, um, I I have autoimmunity, so I um, didn't know anything about alternative health or healing my own body or taking responsibility for my own path in this regard. Um, But when I went to the mainstream medical doctor, I just wasn't getting any, I wasn't getting better. I wasn't getting answers. Um, They had offered a couple surgeries, like to cut up my colon, for instance, and that would have been a disaster. So luckily I had some, uh, in particular, one friend who was like, um, you need to read this book. The, one of my first books in the realm of alternative medicine was Donna Gates' Body Ecology Diet. And then just from there, um, because I was chronically ill, you know, I mean, every day, all the time, um, great pain and suffering in my physical body, um, I just hungrily um, ate up the information and I started doing colon hydrotherapy because that's one of the things that um, the body ecology diet recommended. And at that time, there were no colon therapists in my town in Madison, Wisconsin, even though it's a pretty um, robust town, a college town with lots of people who might be open to alternative ideas. So I I owned a restaurant at that time, actually, and I had worked at McDonald's um, prior um, in my, like from when I was 16 to 21. So then when I had this opportunity to buy their, their, uh, they're called food carts. They vend on the library mall here in Madison, Wisconsin on the university campus. And you, you pull them out in the morning and you take them in, in the evening. And so I had been doing that. And so I 
sold that and I started up my colon therapy clinic. And then in in the realm of co-creating, um, I had a gentleman come to me for colonics and he had the, so uh, another little backstory is that I, my, when I was 17 and my, and my brother was 13, he died and he was hit by a car while he was riding his bike, but he knew that he would die um, for three years prior to his death. It's a very unusual and extraordinary story. So I was highly influenced by this experience. And the guy who came to me when the internet was just getting going, and most of us, you know, were maybe like it wasn't, you know, so it's 20 years ago almost now. And he said, you need to open up a store um, and you need to sell enema equipment. And his name was the same name as my brother. And he had come to oh. his experience of using enemas at home because he had been hit by a car while riding his bicycle. He had the same name. He had the same accident. And he came to me in Madison, Wisconsin, all the way from Chicago, Illinois. And he said, you need to do this. And so I just did. I, I, I went on the Internet and I bought enemabag.com as a URL. And then it's just been this very, um, you know, huge amounts of effort. Um, and also just such a beautiful co-creation of a journey. Goodness, yes, that must have been a lot of effort. But, I mean, you were you were listening to your intuition when you met this man with the same name as your brother. That's quite incredible, isn't it? Um, isn't it? And, so- and the same accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it's like this is just, this is my guidance speaking to me, isn't it? So... When you um when you do the enemas, that's part of the sorry to be so ignorant about this. I'm a bit ignorant on these things about the colon. Um, the colon hydrotherapist, what does that actually involve? What do you have to do for that? Is it flushing through the guts or So colon hydrotherapist is um a process where you go into a clinic and they give you a gown, um, you lie in the table and Mm. then they uh, use tubing and a speculum attached to a machine to put water and other therapeutics into the colon and by the process of putting those um, the water and the therapeutics into the colon and then letting the pressure build and then releasing and repeating that process over and over you Mm. clear out the colon you act on liver health you work to optimize the microbiome that live in the colon, you boost immunity, all sorts of things that happen through that process. Yeah. Okay. So you're flushing it. I have seen it on the television. That's all I can say. I've seen it with the tube from the television. <laughs> it looked a little uncomfortable, but it didn't look like it was painful. Are people sedated for this or is it just something they can put up with quite easily? <sighs> Well, and I think it's great that you have that feeling about it and you don't know much about it because most people don't, um, and I didn't before I got ill. But in right. the 20 years of um, – because my main thing is just like I explained about listening with um, my brother's story and this gentleman and listening to my body and how to get well, listening to my mm-hmm. friends. Um, I've listened to my clients, my customers over the years. And so much of what I share on Optimal Health Network is stuff that's worked for many people. 
And so right. I bring it forward as this works and it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work for everyone, but um, that whole process of clearing out the colon and putting in therapeutics, culminating in the coffee that we optimal health network call our enema series for some, yeah. it is a life changer. Mm. Yes. So if you have your colon flush, flushed out like that, um, what happens to the good bacteria in the in the gut? Do you not flush out the good bacteria as well as the bad? Well, every time you have a bowel movement, you're going to be flushing out good and bad bacteria. So right. that process of bacteria leaving the body is 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 next. And but also much of the the healthy bacteria lives in the mucosal lining of the gut. Right. Um, and so the 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 enema series therapeutics that we've developed um, in particular, our first step in the process, we have uh, a made for enema soap that is rich in butyric acid and butyric acid is the main food for the mucosal lining of the colon. And so Mm -hmm. actually you're strengthening the places at which the bacteria, the healthy bacteria can live. And so we've spent a lot of time and, and taken a lot of anecdotal evidence in to work to have every time a person does that enema series, they are improving the population of their microbiome. Okay, that's absolutely brilliant. So when you first had this yourself, um, you know, because before you trained in it, and then presumably you had this yourself, and did did it what what effects did it have with you? What difference did this make to you? Um, well, that is the beginning of my healing path. I think that one of the big things that shifted for me was the cleansing and the regular enemas because at different times I've done it as much as every day or once a week or once a month. It depends on what the needs of my body are. So um, I I saw a shift in. Um, my levels of pain, I saw my chemical sensitivities go away. Um, I saw my, my own ability to pay attention to which foods were harming me and which foods were helping me. For instance, I haven't, I haven't eaten any gluten-containing foods in, uh, you know, 15 years. Um, I work real hard to stay away from sugar, all sorts of things like that. So it's, it's a process by which you, be, you become more in touch with your body. And also what, like for many people with autoimmune issues and issues related to digestion, it's real hard to get the nutrients like enough vitamin C into the body through the mouth. So uh, it's another, I've noticed that I can, like IV therapy, I can deliver much higher concentrations of therapeutics into my body through the enema process. And that's why we've also developed these um, suppository processes using essential oils so that people can uh, have a whole array of benefits by uh, introducing substances into the colon. Mm. Does this help people with candida? Yes, absolutely. People can very much benefit from using the colon cleansing therapeutics. It's one of the main clientele that I work with. Mm. Yeah, I know quite a lot about candida because I suffered from it for many years. 
um, many, many years, like 20 years. And then I've actually managed to have some success with colloidal silver with the um, silver. Yeah. Have you heard about this? That's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I actually have had colloidal silver IVs. Ah, right. Amazing. Yeah, I found it really successful. It's cleared up, you know, like within a few months, and I've not had it back at all. But, you know, before it was always lingering around, you know, you could sort of see it, feel it, you know, you get like the spots, like, like the spots around the lips and you know, I thought I was never rid of the thing until I found the colloidal silver. So, you know, that has been has been really good for me. So, um, so what are you working on now, then, Christina? Are you are you still doing these treatments now? So I no longer I sold my colon hydrotherapy clinic because I wanted to focus site optimal health network so that I could bring right. the therapies to more people. Because, you know, it's impossible for most people to get to a colon therapist. So I put a lot of effort into developing um, Optimal Health Network, as well as I'm working on uh, writing a memoir and uh, growing $7 billion and, and working in the, the field of evolutionary spirituality. And one thing I have to say is that my whole body journey, as much pain and suffering as it's been, the more I honor this body journey that I'm on and really use it to grow, the more I do come into this profound sense of co-creation and oneness and, and really deeply um, having a lot of guidance on my life path. So mm-hmm. I feel very grateful that I had the opportunity to get chronically ill and then have to figure out how to be well. Hmm. Yes, this is what happens to a lot of people. I've had, I've interviewed a lot of people who've had ME, have not been able to get out of bed, and have gone on to write books and um, have managed to to get well. But you know, it has been very challenging for them, and it's often part of their journey to share this with others as well. You know, to inspire other people. Um, you know, even we had a lady who who's in a wheelchair. You know, there are lots of there are lots of people out there who are I would say it's like the ultimate test, isn't it, for you? And it, it is hard, but sometimes through our suffering we find we find the joy through our suffering, which is um which can be challenging at times. So you've written this book, Ten Days to Optimal Health and that book that what what's in that book? I haven't read that one, so can you tell us a bit about that book? You bet. Uh, Ten Days to Optimal Health is the culmination of my knowledge up to that point, which amazingly is, is pretty solid uh, in terms of the newest information that's come out around nutrition and healing over the past, um, I think it's been eight years since I published it. So it's a step-by-step program. It's a 35-day program in all. I titled it 10 Days to Optimal Health because I found with my clients that if I could help their mind focus on doing something for 10 days, that then the body has much more of an opportunity to speak and kick in and help them make those choices when it's time to say no to sugar or no to gluten or whatever. So 10 Days to Optimal Health lays out a whole dietary program, 
uh, five-day fasting program at the end and also goes into detail about colon hydrotherapy as well as the basics of enemas. Right. That sounds absolutely fantastic and very, very helpful. Very helpful. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. What do you think about, um, this is just a little bit different, but what do you think about fasting? You know, is that something that you'd recommend for people? Is that a good thing for people to go, you know, on just drinking water and fruit juice and things like that for a period of time? So that's an excellent question, and um, I'm going to give it some space because it's also complicated. I have seen in my history of giving colon therapy that um, fasting is something that does need to be thought about carefully because it can make people more sick, but fasting done well is an extraordinary tool, and now that I've learned a lot more about it, I think that it would benefit all of us to be fasting at least one day a week. And what I would recommend is a good quality water along with upwards of two and a half teaspoons of Himalayan salt. To the mineral. Every hour or two um, for up to that two and a half teaspoons. And what we're finding now with fasting is that it, it it allows the stem cells in our own bodies to kick in and, and activate and help with regeneration. So, And it also helps us to be more in touch with so many things, right? Because, the, like, the whole relationship that we have with food and eating and how we live our day around food and prep and cleaning, that there's a lot of time that goes into that. So having these periods of breaks, which is something that is in the, all the, the wisdom traditions, these, these fasting periods, um, they're great places to go deeper into the physical body, into healing, into the spiritual practice, into the deep listening, uh, so that your life is a co-creation with the universe itself. Mm. And, of course, it's very important, the water we drink, isn't it, for that? The purer the water, the better. Absolutely. The more living, the more pure, the better. And it it points to how one of these ways that we're all connected, right? We need our water to be good quality water. So Mm. crucial. Mm. So if you think that water can be influenced by our feelings, you know, there's been the experiments. Forgive me, I've forgotten the man's name. Um, Who did the experiment of like, putting love into some water and hate into another water and it, it, it can actually physically change can't it you know um, so obviously if water has been um, run through loads of pipes that are old and you know it's not going to be as good as water out of a natural spring is it it's just not it's just not that's right and it's Dr. Emoto and he has um, videos on yeah videos on the internet he's got um uh, a book so yes his work is excellent and he shows uh quite powerfully the power of thought through his water experiments mm, which is and incredible. you know the, 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 yeah and as as the scientists work on the whole theory of everything, integrating um, 
classical physics, with quantum physics, they're finding that actually that the universe is uh, a crystal. So the water Mm -hmm. crystals showing us the way that consciousness affects crystals, I think, is so true and relevant um, to all of healing. At, yes. at the individual level as well as the planetary and cosmic levels. Mm. It's interesting you said about the rock salt, though, because um, I have previously been drinking distilled water for quite a long time, and then I stopped drinking it because um, I was a bit worried about not getting enough minerals into my body. Um, but I could have just put some Himalayan rock salt into the water and that probably would that, have is, that is true yes i i agree with that and i agree that it, um from my research it's risky drinking the distilled water because it does pull minerals from the body so adding in the um, himalayan salt at any time i think is therapeutic for most people hmm. i just feel good good on that though it did make me feel good and more energetic and yeah I mean I probably drank it for about a year and after that I was a bit sort of concerned that you know different people's opinions and different scientific evidence and I'm like oh I don't know about this you know and so I tend to drink just bottled water from the supermarket now but I've also been um, reading a lot about the penile glands and that can get easily calcified, can't it? Which is also affecting our spirituality. Yes, it is. Very much so. So that's quite a thing. Okay, so I think we'll talk a little bit about thresholds. I've been reading this book and you were part of this book, weren't you? Um, Seventy-five yes, stories on changing your perspective. How, how your perspective, changing your perspective. I'm getting words mixed up tonight. Apologies. Can change it's your life. And um, I haven't finished it. I must confess, but I've got a good way into it, and I'm really enjoying it. The little bits of wisdom in this book are absolutely incredible, and each little story is you know, it's unique and very, very interesting. It's really good fun to read. Do you want to talk a little bit about how this book came about, Christina? Sure, I will. Threshold is the um, project of um, Simon Crow and um, Robin uh, Schwartz. And Mm -hmm. they, we all went to Ecuador together together. with uh, Water Bearer Project through uh, uh, Sprite Loriano, and we brought water filters to folks in the Amazon rainforest as well as in the Andes Mountains. And as you read in the book, we had all these transformative experiences through delivering those water filters. And so when Simon and Robin came home from Ecuador and and after Rafael Bejarano had been killed in Egypt um, by the Egyptian government, thinking that um, his tour, his spiritual tour group uh, was uh, terrorist, um, we, uh, they were inspired to create a book around 
um, these moments that change us. And so they um, worked quite hard for a, like a year and a half, I think, to bring all these authors together. And I, too, found that reading the book was surprisingly um, transformative because the, the voices of each individual come through so clearly and um, the writing levels are, you know, all over the board and you really get a, a fullness of humanity and how people are feeling and how people are choosing to grow and look at the world and, and when you're just standing there with them and you think, you know, you're just in the jungle or whatever, but no, you know, people have got their, their lifelong fears just right there with them, all of us. Right. So mm. the, the humanity that came through, that comes through that book is, it impresses me as well. So I can't remember the name of the man who climbs up the tree, but he was climbing a ladder. That was Simon. Oh, that was yeah, Simon. Simon, yeah. who put the book together, that was his it, story. Yeah, yeah, Simon's story about the tree. I should have made a note of this. Apologies. Um, that was that was so to my heart because I've been afraid of heights all my life. So when I read that, I'm like, that would have been me. That would have been me. And <laughs> I was in a sort of situation similar where. Um, we were in Ireland and there was a little rope bridge over the sea to going to this tiny little island that was covered in beautiful grass. It was absolutely gorgeous and it was in Northern Ireland near the Giant's Causeway, not that far from there. And um, my family all were going over and I'm like, well, if I don't go with them, I'm going to miss out. So I forced myself to go and to try and get over this but I actually froze in the middle and went onto all fours and I was hanging on with my <laughs> hands to the side of the rope bridge refusing to move with a queue behind me and the oh sea underneath and <laughs> I was so scared I couldn't move so when I read Simon's story and I thought and he he kept on saying what he said was what I was saying when I was going over the rope bridge I would say like I'm not dead yet I'm not dead yet am I still alive <laughs> just keep checking am I still alive yeah I'm still alive am I still alive and that is actually oh sorry about that that's what I was actually doing as well I was saying it and but when I got to the middle I lost it and I thought and he oh. got to the top he got to the top so he was very very brave you know really brave to do that it's just amazing because I could well, identify also, with he he had a group of people around him that were holding him in that in in that ability right so even though you didn't do it you still moved forward greatly and I don't know what kind of support you had around you but um I, I'm very proud of you for for what you've done. <laughs> I don't want you comparing yourself to Simon, but I'm glad that you read that story and that it moved you like that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I had my I had my brother behind me and I had my children in front of me and they were saying, we'll put you in the middle of us. Come on, mum. Come on, mum. And then when <laughs> I got to halfway 
And they were saying, like, you've done more than you've got to go now. And I'm like, well, no. (laughs) (laughs) I had to go in the end because, you know, people behind were queuing. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to go. But when I got over there, I was just like this lush green grass. That was absolutely incredible, getting over to the other side from these tiny islands, which was the greenest grass I've ever seen. And it was the most oh. picturesque place I've ever seen. So I thought, well, you know, going back wasn't as bad. So it's always like on the way, on the way back, it's never as bad as on the way. So, right. you know, never. You, but you you have no choice because if I'd just been staying on that island on my own, starving, there was nothing on there but sheep. So I had no choice. I had to go back, you know. But, oh, goodness me all very interesting but some of those stories really resonated with me also sort of like you know people have written about their relationships with their parents and all sorts and it's just very human human stories which I loved yeah yeah I'll carry on reading it (laughs) yeah okay so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on a little tiny piece of music called Raindrops by Ashna, who has given us some of his music, which is brilliant. And we'll be back in a couple of minutes. All right.
that was the wonderful um, raindrops, which I thought might be appropriate since we're talking about uh, forests and jungles and things like that. So we're back with Christina Amilong, and I've been talking to her about her book, um, book Thresholds, which she was part of, which is a brilliant book. And I also wanted to ask her about this um, seven billion tribe. Um, Christina, what's that all about? So after I went to Ecuador, which was filmed, um, the one of the goals, which didn't happen, was there would be a TV show out of it. Um, I realized that I could just do that to, with my own life and my own awakening and my own healing and process. So I started, um, well, and at the same time, I started to really come to terms with our uh, evolutionary crises that we have going on right now on the planet Earth. And I wanted to contribute. I wanted to, um, just as I had been doing with bodies and health and the creation of OptimalHealthNetwork.com and my book, 10 Days to Optimal Health, I wanted to, to share the, 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 the process of um, being a human being on the planet Earth. And I thought that if I was to do that, that that could inspire other people. So that's the just of seven, the just of seven billion. And I also have a blog on there that I share my contemplative writing with, which is a, a practice of putting pen to paper and just trusting what comes up and um, not editing it and, and, and just sharing it. So, and I offer contemplative writing classes through Barbara Marks Hubbard and humanity's team and awaken the new species. So information about that is on 7 billion. And um, Mm. I interviewed quite a few people about, do they ever think about um, extinction or mass extinction and, and I wanted to deal into people and what's going on inside of them. And so that that's an overview of the 7billiontribe.com website. Yeah, I think, I think people are aware of um, the bees in particular now, aren't they? I mean, most people are aware of what's going on with the bees, but whether they actually realize about the far-reaching implication of, of what will happen if and when our bees die out because, you know, they're part of the whole chain, aren't they? They absolutely are. We need to protect our bees and we need to do whatever it takes to help them thrive because without them, we've got even greater problems. So mm-hmm. it's time to look deep and make whatever changes we can possibly make and to do it in the context of not like trying to figure out a job or marketing or, or getting, you know, one of the things that I've learned through this process is that even though I built a platform on the internet and I use social media and stuff like this, the primary relationship that I am working my way ever deeper into is with, my own self and with consciousness and with evolution and with integrating all the things I know and think about into a greater wholeness to be able to participate, to co-create the the future, um, this beautiful future that all of our hearts know is possible. Mm. 
that's really important because we can say to other people about it and um, it's like I used to sell um, eco bags as well string bags and you know things like this because trying to tell people about the plastic situation and this was like 10 years ago um, and people weren't so aware of it then what we were doing about how it's affecting the mar- marine life and the whales and there's plastic all over the place and you know people were just like they didn't really care they did not care it was like they looked at you as if as if you were you were mad but now everybody is much more aware of it but it is such a shame we have to get to a crisis stage you know before people start waking up to what's going on Um, But when it comes to individual, it's up to individuals to to do it for themselves. I noticed my son actually at Facebook that he's having a plastic-free week. And I'm like, well done. That's fantastic. (laughs) So everywhere he goes, he's going to refuse plastic for a whole week. And he's not on there. He will join me. And in a way, that's the way to do it, because actually think more than an advertising campaign, when you've got someone who is saying, this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm going to live my life for a week, it somehow, um, you know, has more impact, doesn't it? I think it's, it's a well, great thing. That's a, that, that's a beautiful anecdote about uh, one way or of of, yes, taking responsibility and not letting ourselves um, just get in the despair, the hopelessness, the powerlessness. Um, mm. We each, we each have tremendous power and, and we have no idea what that, what the limits of those po- that power is. And I want to say that that crisis is always an evolutionary driver. And so it, it, it is sad, the amount of destruction that has already been perpetrated on the, on this beautiful planet of ours. And, crisis is always an evolutionary driver so as despairing as things might seem this is a great time of turning and a great time of hope and the fact that we can see through our math through our sciences through our personal experiences through the ancient wisdom text that consciousness is uh, a primary element in all of this it just gives you such a vast playground to work in in terms of the kinds of effect that we can each have in this situation. So kudos to your son and um, (laughs) all of us who are, who are just listening deeply and saying, you know, because if, if, if consciousness has been able to come this far, just think of it like out of that nothingness, out of that void, you know, from those beginnings, if, if we now are here together and, you know, we have eyes to see and we have hearts to care and we can come up with these ideas. Like, think of what's possible for um, the, this emergent consciousness that is housed in our, our bodies. It's just tremendous. So I feel more hopeful than ever. And also I do take some time almost every day to cry for five minutes or an hour or rage at my pillow or have someone listen to me. We just had a brunch here at my house on uh, Memorial Day where we had a bunch of diverse people in race, class, 
um, politics, and we had conversations, and it was extraordinary. You know, it's really like if if the vastness of the inner life is as great and immense and as powerful as that of what we see in this outer world, you know, we we just there's so much potential for us to to co-create um, the world that we know is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to break through, I suppose, once you get so many um, people who are um, aware of their own power and they're shining their own light, then that light is strong enough to shine through any darkness, isn't it? That's the way I look upon it. So the more people wake up, to um, the things they can do and the changes they can make Um, you know even if you say I'm going to with me I've given up (laughs) I've given up wheat sugar, cow's milk cheese and I had about six things in one go (laughs) (laughs) you know some things I'm still having like you know I still occasionally have crisps I hope they haven't got sugar in them. I have a bit of sugar in. So I'm still, you know, not perfect on, on everything I eat. But I have just given up so much. And I am feeling so great. And, I, you know, one of the things that I noticed first was my urine's completely different. And I think it's because I'm not actually um, taking all that sugar and uh, wheat and gluten into my body. And I just first sign big urine cleanup. You can't you can't go wrong. <laughs> right? Isn't that fantastic? And good for yeah. you. Yeah. It's quite absolutely. a process, isn't it? And even as painful as it might be at some point or as different as we feel or the way we need to change the way we nurture ourselves. Um, mm. as you move along in the process, it does go, it does get richer and more interesting is that it sounds like that's also your experience Mm, definitely and you know I look in my fridge or I go shopping and I think look at all this this is all good stuff it makes me feel sort of excited about food again rather than you know how I felt before so eating healthy it's it's exciting healthy eating isn't it (laughs) it is absolutely (laughs) exciting I, I love this journey Okay, I'm just going to go through your links And then before you go I did want to ask you about the Outrageous Love Letters Project So I'm just going to go through your links So people can contact you on www.optimalhealthnetwork.com That's right, isn't it? Optimal O-P-T-I-M-A-L Healthnetwork.com they can contact Perfect. you on 7billiontribe.com. They can contact you on facebook.com and then that is forward slash 7billiontribe and also the centre, oh sorry, not the, centreforintegralwisdom.org and then it's forward slash outrageous dash love dash letters. That's right, isn't it? So we've got all the links on the, on the preview anyway, so if you can look at the links that we've, we've got written down. And the love letters. Yes, that sounds quite romantic. I think I'd like to write one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I look forward to reading your love letters. 
um, if you <laughs> are inspired and you want a safe place to share, um, well, just just if you think of the greatest poems, like Rumi's poems, um, yeah. the process of putting down our passion on paper and then sharing it with whoever, and it doesn't have to be a romantic love interest, but any being, any tree, any human, um, this expressing, this putting our attention on the way that we want things to work in the world. I have found through using this form of outrageous love letters that I'm more able to be in deeper relationship across the board through with myself, with other people, with community, with nature. So I do the practice every day and um, we are looking to um, build it and grow it. So anyone who's interested um, can reach out in those ways that you said. I also, on my Facebook 7 billion page, I do have a daily writing prompt that a group of us use. So that's another way if you want support around your writing. We, I give feedback if people want that. Um, and the Center for Integral Wisdom and all of that resource, they're doing wonderful, wonderful work that's worth spending some time with. Uh, Mark Offney and Barbara Marks Hubbard and Lisa Engels and Ken Wilbur and, and all the rest of the think tank um, towards um, creating a new culture and, and, and this quality of loving that really is at the center of the universe. You know, I see the universe as a love story and um, bringing that forward into our moment-to-moment experiences, it, it's astounding. Mm. I love that. I did write a poem about a mountain in the Lake District, actually. I will have to try and see what I've done with it. And um, Blencathra. And, you know, it was about majestic, how majestic it was. And it was like I got into the energy of the mountain, feeling what the mountain must feel like for people to tread on it, you know, to tread into the mountain. And, you know, it was very moving and um, yeah, I felt as if I was really connected to that, to the mountain and how many, I don't know, thousands of years it had been there. And um, I suppose it was because I felt very passionate about this mountain. They call it Saddleback, this one, because the top of it is like a saddle, like a horse's saddle. Um, and I didn't find a way to climb up to the top. It is very difficult to climb because apparently it's got some very sheer, very sheer at the top and there's no good path up there. But, you know, too, I have stayed at different places at the bottom of the mountain and it's just been, you know, I felt like I really connected with that particular one, you know. That's fantastic. And if we look at the Native American wisdom traditions as well as physics, we can see that that mountain is alive, is vibrating, and the fact that you, you know, opened yourself to be in that deeper relationship. I was recently at a lecture by an author, a Native American author, and she did this little exercise with us where she said, okay, what if what if I talk to you like this? What if my relationship with you, Jennifer, 
and I'll explain, was like this, where I called you an it, and I referenced mm-hmm. you as an it. And just the act of coming into, you know, mountain, hello, I open yeah. you, does change the relationship. So what I find is that the more I'm able to do that through my writing and through the way that I interact in my moments with the trees that are around me, like, hello, the more Mm. I'm able to be in the conversation with them. I think that the whole of the universe is, is waiting for us to open to the conversation. And the more we say yes and, and fight our, or not fight, but integrate the voices that that call us crazy or weird or what are we doing or I can't hear anything, the more the relationships emerge, just like any relationship. When Mm. we honor relationships, they grow and get deeper. When we ignore them, they go away. And um, in in order for us to really come back into harmony with Mother Earth, um, each of us is being invited into that deep relationship and we will find our way yes definitely oh I love that okay Christina I think we're going to um I'll say call it an afternoon it's the night time here in the UK and uh very different here now but we've had a glorious glorious sun today and it's been very very warm recently which is and it always makes the countryside where I live look lovely in the sun. So thank you for being my guest. It's been a great honour to interview you um, about all sorts of topics. And um, thank you for coming on the show, co-creating. You're with very, me. very welcome. Brilliant. Okay, it thank has you been brilliant. then. Thank you, okay. Jennifer and, and everyone. Goodbye. All right. Bye-bye for now. Okay, so that was the fabulous Christina Amalong. Um, and do get a copy of that book, Thresholds, if you can. It's on Amazon.com. It's on Amazon.co.uk. Again, my letters all tongue-tied tonight. It's a bit of sort of verbal dyslexia going on, I think. Um, yes, I actually downloaded the Kindle, but I would think it would be really nice to have the actual book because you could just put it by your bed and then you could flick through it and you know have that uh you know like almost i'll read a couple each night because once you start reading um these experiences you really would just be completely emerged because i have been and um it takes quite a lot of things to hold my attention but this has really held my attention so also the colonic therapy um well that's absolutely fascinating as well that is something that maybe you know can help so many people so also look out for christina's book 10 10 days to optimal health that is something i will be getting and if it is a program to um change your change your health um certainly that is definitely worth investigating Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to leave you with um, Considerate Man by Ashna, and I will see you, see you, I will listen to you, or you'll listen to me next week, so take care.
if you'd like to be my guest on the Natural Co-Creator Show, please get in touch with me at jenniferlynch7 at gmail.com or through Facebook, which is Jennifer Lynch Suffolk. Suffolk UK should be able to find me quite easily or message me on Twitter, which is Angel Bright on t- Angel Brightness on, t- on Twitter. So um, look forward to speaking to you next week um, or join our Facebook group, which is the Natural Co-Creators Community on Facebook. And there is a group within that community where we have fascinating blogs every day. Um, And you will also um, get links to the mindfulness and meditation daily, which are posted in that group as well as the radio shows. So if you can join that group, um, the Natural Co-Creators Community Group on Facebook, it would be lovely to have your input and any feedback on the shows. Um, if you want to recommend anybody or if you've got a book, a song or something that you'd like to share with us, co-create with us, just get in touch. Take care. Bye for now. <laughs>